Hey everyone, we're back with the District 3 Podcast, episode 161. Um, I'm doing this episode by myself today. Maribel is not here or any other guest co-host, but I think we'll be fine. Uh, we're joined today by a friend of mine who's actually been on the podcast. Maybe this is her second or third time? Third time, maybe? I think it's my third time. Third time, and uh, we're glad you're here. Um, her name is Diana Dominguez. She is the owner of the Latina-owned Intersectional Feminist Pop-Up <laughs> Independent Bookstore of New and Used Books called Mas Libritos. A, mouth, a mouthful, but good titles. Thank you for joining us today, Diana. How are you? Yeah, thank you so much, Adrian, for having me today. I'm good. I'm good. And uh, talking about that mouthful of, of, uh, <laughs> of titles, uh, can you talk about, about that? Because I think that on its own needs to be talked about, you know, like what that means to you yeah, to have those I, titles. Yeah, I think to just to kind of break it down in terms of what that means, I think it was important for me as the um, founder and owner of Mas Libritos to acknowledge um, that it's Latina owned, that I'm Latina, um, and that I, I believe that I'm the only uh, bookstore founder owner that comes from the BIPOC community in, in terms mm-hmm. of Northwest Arkansas independent bookstores. And then in terms of intersectional feminism, that actually is derived from a black feminist um, author, lawyer, so many titles, um, uh, Kimberly. Crenshaw and what that talks about it's it's really theoretical but the idea of it is that when we think about people's identities um, or just people in general you know we all have different identities that we're kind of navigating through the world and thinking about the ways in which those different identities intersect so for example if I use my own identities as being a you know a woman a woman of color specifically Latina um, thinking about, you know, beyond that, my positionality of someone that does have privilege in terms of citizenship status, language access, and speaking English and Spanish. Uh, but most of the time when we talk about intersectional feminism, it's to be able to also address the different ways in which um, our identities also um, impact the way that we navigate the world and specifically how oppressive systems um, interact with those different identities. And then mm-hmm. in terms of the pop-up bookstore, it's it's um, this is actually a similar model that other uh, independent bookstores have taken on in this area. Um, Two Friends Books is actually an example of that, where the idea is that I will be um, taking a book collection to different locations in the area and popping up there. So I won't have a storefront yet, um, mm-hmm. manifesting that for myself and for our community. Um, but my hope is to have a storefront in, in the near future. So that kind of breaks down the different mm-hmm. segments of, of what you mentioned. Both of us have been able to visit uh, bookstores of people of color in different states. Yeah. Are there any that, that inspired you oh uh, my God. for this idea? I think, I think you <laughs> told me they had, but I just kind of want to know which ones. Yeah, so many. I mean, I think um, when I think about this space um, that I want to create, um, even within the pop-up bookstore, but in, in the future with the storefront, I think about Pilsen Community Books in uh, Pilsen, Chicago, in Illinois. I think about, um, and that I got to visit that bookstore in 2016, and I was just amazed. Um, it's such a beautiful space, and it's actually worker-owned, so it's not yeah. owned by one person, yeah. um, which I think is a really, um, really interesting and I think pretty incredible business model to ha- in terms of that bookstore. I also think about um, this past um, year. I was able to go travel uh, with uh, go travel to see a friend in uh, in Queens, New York. She lives in Queens, but we went to Brooklyn and we got to go to the bookstore Cafe Con Libros, which is an Afro Latina owned bookstore in Brooklyn. And actually, the model that I have now um, is very similar to the model that they have in terms of the books that they carry mm. and the sort of kind of online presence that they're to create I also think about um, other bookstores off, off the top of my head I can't I can't think of a lot because was that one I know I tell you I ask you this yeah, all the time no, go ahead. <laughs> the one the one in, in Dallas at the uh, at the art district so there is a couple I think I sent you a list when you were visiting a couple there was I think the wild detectives there was another one um, in Oak Cliff. I don't think it's there anymore. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Yeah, I think okay. it might have closed, but um, It was similar. really small. Yeah, very small. I think it was owned by like a, like an Afro-Latino there, I believe. I don't know if they were Afro-Latino, but I know it was it was Latino-owned. Mm. Um, very small space, but um, very specific curated book collection 
that um, centers and prioritizes mm-hmm. um, BIPOC and as well as other historically marginalized communities. Yeah, I thought that I I went in there uh, whenever I was done there at the art district and and uh, I all the books that were there I did not know. And usually you find a book you know that like either you've read in school mm-hmm. or that's really popular, but no, everything had a purpose in a way. Um, so that's kind of the point behind, um, in terms of even the models that I've seen of other bookstores and what I'm also wanting to implement with my bookstore, Mas Libritos, is that we're disrupting that canon. And when I talk about the canon, if you're not familiar what that is or what that means in um, English literature, there's typically like these set of books that are like the, you know, the books mm-hmm. that everyone reads. It's the books that are um, typically assigned in your English um, literature or reading classes. And um, so a lot of the books that, you know, when I was visiting these different bookstores in different cities, um, there were there were books that I was looking for, I think, uh, but I could never really find in mm. your typical kind of bookstore because of the sort of priority that they were placing on their collection. Mm. Um, and so I think with my bookstore, I'm wanting to disrupt that canon and say, you know, look at all these other books that um, have been written, illustrated, in the case of like children's books um, by BIPOC or other minoritized or marginalized communities and that you know, our stories and our experiences and our perspectives are uh, just as important. So where did you get the passion of this, of, of you know, just wanting to uh, give these resources out to the community by having this bookstore? You know, you worked at a library before, um, and I, I, I'm pretty sure you, that that kind of uh, being involved with books probably ignited mm-hmm. your passion a little bit more. Yeah. Um, can you talk about the origins of that, of like where you are passionate about this, where you grew passionate about it? Yeah, I think um, I think it actually came way before then. I think about mm. um, like... I figured. Like Little Danita and um, just how much I loved reading when I was younger. Um, and in some ways, too, I think growing up in an immigrant household where, uh, specifically like a Mexican immigrant household where, you know, Spanish was spoken at home and then English was spoken in a much more public um, school um, much more public-facing school system uh, setting, I think I also did it as a way to be able to, because I actually I ha- was in speech therapy um, in, I want to say in mm. first or second grade, because I think there was a period of time where I was also, you know, um, trying to acquire English um, yeah. as, as a second language, right, or as an English language learner. Um, and then eventually, I think over time, I, I remember very distinctly too, like all the books that I would read in like fourth grade. And um, I was so proud of myself because of like, I was reading Little Women. And if, if mm. you're familiar with Little Women, it's like 400 to 500 pages long. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a massive book. But I also, I look back and I'm like, okay, Little Danita was also like adhering to the ideas of what was like considered good reading. And like that was part of the canon, right? And then I think that just continued to evolve even into junior high, continue to read, even into high school. Um, I have always loved my um, English teachers. I think English teachers are so fucking awesome, like <laughs> the coolest people, people. And actually, that's why, you know, eventually I went on and got my bachelor's in English education. And so uh, but even even through all of this time, you know, I was constantly reading, immersing myself um, into different stories, books, and but I still felt like there was something missing. Like I felt like I wasn't seeing a lot of um, representation of like our stories, and yeah. like I felt like there was a disconnect between what I was experiencing at home in comparison to what I was experiencing in school or with my friends, um, or having that um, duality of um, cultures and language and and experiences. And I think I think the bookstore Mazibritos also kind of speaks to like my inner child of like you know i'm thinking about all the other um you know children of color and um that are out there that you know probably have greater access to these stories and experiences and perspectives but um definitely i think in my um professional setting working in a public library where i did um a lot of you know community programming with children's programming i did bilingual story times and i also on the adult side i did a lot of other uh, more kind of language access whether it was you know english as a second language or um you know acquiring your ged or to even like panel discussions of like what does the latinx identity mean 
Um, so I've, that's, I think identity has always been something or exploring identities has always been something that I've been really fascinated about. And it's also, I think, why reading and um, finding myself in reading was um, a lot easier in ways. And I, I think a lot about, you know, the different identities that I um that I kind of have and the ways in which I've been able to discover who I am and also kind of disrupt, you know, these ideas of who I should be, mm-hmm. you know, as as a Latina, as a woman, as a, you know, um, uh, these other identities that, that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So... Mm-hmm. Mas Libritos, that's the name of the, mm-hmm. uh, let me go Let me go th- with the title again. It's a <laughs> Latina-owned, intersectional feminist, yeah. pop-up independent bookstore of new and used books. Tell us about it. Um, tell us about what the idea is and yeah. uh, what the goals are with this uh, new business venture of yours. Yeah, so um, Mas Libritos Bookstore is an independent pop-up bookstore that will operate essentially, as I mentioned, as a pop-up. So the idea is that I will take um, books. I will have in the future a kind of standing permanent collection at Bites and Bowls, which I want to talk a little bit about that as well because I feel like the sort of community support, um, the way that people have shown out for me has been like incredible. Um, It has been amazing. But the idea is that, um, you know, I'm bringing the books to different areas within the community where I know the community is coming together. uh, because right now I don't I don't have a storefront. So, mm-hmm. and um, I think going back to what you said about like the community support, it was big, right? I mean, I I, I yeah. saw it on, on Instagram. I saw people um, that I follow sharing it. Um, can you talk a little bit more about what that means to you uh, to see people, you know, supporting yeah. you? Because sometimes, and I know you saw my my Facebook status about you know. Uh, about friends supporting each other's yeah. businesses. I saw you like it. And I was yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> but it, it is know. important though because I know there's times where I've had ventures and like friends aren't as supportive as mm-hmm. they should be, you know. And because I, I like to be the kind of person that's always supporting, you know, anything that people do. Yeah. Um, but what does that mean to you just to see that that support from from friends and colleagues? Yeah. So I um I created the Facebook event on like a Thursday evening, like nine thirty, ten o'clock, and I and so I a little bit of context too. I have a full time job working for a nonprofit organization that um, supports entrepreneurs and non um and on entrepreneurs and small business owners in the area and starting their business. So it's actually it goes perfect in terms of where I'm at in my own kind of professional and, and personal journey. But um, in terms of the community support, going back to that story, um, I posted it at like 9.30 on Instagram. And me entró una ansiedad. Like, mm. I literally could not sleep. I didn't go to sleep until like 3 in the morning. <laughs> um, and actually, like any post that I create, um, it, it's I think because I'm so passionate about it and I yeah. really want to convey to people, you know, um, you know, just like the meaning and the importance behind kind of the environment and the space and that I'm trying to create through this and um, – but I feel like in terms of community support, I, I've been talking about this for a really long time. I yeah. feel like um, if, you, if you've known me for a, a while, I think, you know, you and I, you've kn- first person that I met mm-hmm. here in the area. Yeah. Um, I've been talking about this and I feel like people you know you know like we support you and I'm like okay okay you know and I had this like mental vision board and I uh, of, of what that space looked like and you know the sort of books that I wanted to have there but I um I so with buy symbols I used to go during the pandemic we're still in the middle of the pandemic but when it was at that kind of high peak um, where we were still encouraging people to go out and support local businesses, that was like my one place that I would go and yeah. visit. I think I saw you there twice. Whenever yeah, I I'm like, I still go there. Like, you're here again. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I go there like way super often. Yeah. Um, I Which like, is good. yeah, I know when they you're got amazing. their like loyalty customer, I was like, yes, I'm going to become a member. <laughs> Are you one of those people that like? Because Myra, when she calls in to order, yeah. they're like, oh, they already know what she wants. Yeah. She wants a Grinch, and then she wants like well, something else. Like they already know. Uh, I'm sure they know who. I am they haven't they haven't told me that but I think <laughs> it did get to, to a certain point where I knew you know if it was um, Sandra or one of the other staff members answering but um, I had shared with her one day you know that I had this interest of like and passion of um, opening up a bookstore and then at that time too 
Um, she was working at, with um, Forge, which is mm-hmm. a nonprofit that helps to support uh, microloans to community members um, that might have maybe like non-traditional credit histories or um, might uh, need some kind of just additional support. It's similar to, I guess, what Kiva, Kiva Loan is, mm-hmm. which is another uh, app yeah. resource. I'm mentioning all these resources because for all my entrepreneurs and small business owners, I want you to know that these you know resources exist out there for you, and I'm yeah. happy to connect with you. By the way, to talk about them, but um, you know when I was talking to Sandra about about you know not having a storefront, she was like, why don't you why don't you set up here? You know why don't you do a small collection here mm. and then we go from there and see what that looks like. And so um, you know I saw that extension of it when I posted, it was like follows like so quick and i'm like Mm -hmm. oh my god it's real it's out there and then i'm having friends like you and Mm -hmm. other people share it um meant so much to me and i feel like um the following it's 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 been quick and then even from there i released a gofundme um that you know that initial goal that i had set for myself i said okay uh you know but like like one or two days, you know, it was quick. And then I upped the goal and seeing that too, even people from afar, like people who've known me for a very long time and known how, you know, books and reading have played such an important role in my life to see them show up in that way for me. Mm-hmm. But then also other people, you know, DMing me and being like, Diana, I will help you. Like, I will help you with story times. I will help you with, mm-hmm. you know, whatever you need. You know, seeing that kind of support. Shout out Patricia Rodriguez. Yes, Patricia. <laughs> Patricia was one of those. Uh, Patricia was like, I will do, you know, a Selena story time, which Patricia, I'm going to hit you up. Don't, you know, I didn't forget. So, um, you know, people just coming together and, and supporting me in that way. And I don't know, like, I, it makes me emotional thinking about it because I feel like um, it's, I, you know, it's something that I'm so passionate about. But also, mm-hmm. I feel like it speaks to what, me like, the community wants. You mm-hmm. know, like, we deserve to have our stories out there. We deserve to have them, um, you know, be in an accessible way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, w- I want to be able to, to provide that accessibility. And also just another, like, goal of mine that I would say is um, – Developing and creating a reading culture in Springdale, you know, we're the only um, town that doesn't have an independent pop-up bookstore. And yet, you know, when you look at the statistics of BIPOC communities and, you know, the schools, um, you know, I feel like we should definitely be providing books that are curated more towards, you know, our communities and speaking to that, you know, diversity of of identities that exist here. After the... um the support that you've gotten um like have has there any has there been any ideas that have blossomed out of the out of like people reaching out to you that maybe you hadn't thought of the people were like oh i want to help you out with this maybe if you want to do this i can help you out with this yeah has there been anything (laughs) yeah i mean it's it's been a little bit overwhelming in the sense that like i think when you've got community backing the good thing is you've got community backing but also people have all these ideas and they want to tell you you know like you should do this and you should do this and you should do this some can be good some can be bad well and i i also am like people mean well yeah and also like todo su tiempo right and i Mm -hmm. feel like i i have an idea of the direction of where i want the bookstore to move into and like who I'm prioritizing, who's at the center of that. So keeping that, you know, always, and, you know, the values and principles that I have personally. And, um, but I, yeah, I've had so many different ideas um, kind of thrown out there um, to me. And I've kind of just been keeping like a running list, mm-hmm. um, a lot of different programming ideas. So even though I don't have a storefront, there's programming that I want to be able to do. And actually, um, and that might even be like a segue into Bentonville Soup, talking a little bit about that. Yeah. But I was, able to um and that's another community like the way the community rallied and showed up um for that as well so when you told me about that i thought it was something else i oh, thought what did you think it was i thought it was uh, i don't know why but i thought it was that <laughs> soup event that they do in, in like <laughs> Bend county every no. year where like you go and like and you pay like a certain amount of money and then you can get all these different types of soups and stuff yeah and then I saw your pictures, and I was like, that was definitely not what I was thinking <laughs> it was. Yeah. I was confused. I was like, I, I, it's not what I thought it was, but I, you want to talk about it. Yeah, so Bentonville Soup is organized by a group of community members in Bentonville. And the idea is that they invite community members to present a community project 
or, or an idea before um, the audience or the public that shows up there. And you have like a two-minute pitch, and then um, there's a short amount of time afterwards where the public or the audience can ask you questions about your project or idea. And so I previously heard about Bentonville Soup. Um, I want to say in September, I attended one personally for um, – you know, for my job just to see if I could connect with some small business owners and entrepreneurs in the area. And then I um, was invited to participate in Bentonville Soup, mm-hmm. was ex- was accepted to be one of the presenters. And so I presented my um, my idea, which I'll talk a little bit about that in a second. But um, the, the other port- part of like the structure of the Bentonville Soup is that, um, you know, the community, people who want to attend, um, they pay a suggested donation and some of that donation goes towards the food that's there, which is soup mm. um, and other. It's like a potluck, like a community kind of potluck that the organizers um, organize. And then the remaining funds go towards the person who wins. Mm. And the way that they do that is um, everyone that's there submits their vote. So that's how I was like reaching out to friends that I uh, knew and people, people that I knew personally and that I was close to to be like, okay, can you show up okay. um, and, and be here so that way you can submit your vote. And so um, with that, what I presented was a um, community, um, my community project was um, hosting a bilingual story time that would also include a um, take-home activity and some book giveaways as well as mm. uh, free food and drinks. Oh, nice. So, mm-hmm. And um, did you feel nervous going up there? Um, Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because I work with entrepreneurs and we're constantly like hyping them up and we're like, you can do this. It's only two minutes. But when you go up there, it's like you just like it just like, whoa, like it's it's just a different feeling. And I think it's just a combination of the excitement, the nerves and the passion. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I um, speaking of other people that have been super supportive, Blanca um, from Sugar Apple Company, baking mm-hmm. company. Um, she was like my person too that I was like, okay, you're going to be my head nodder. You're going to be the person that nods in the back and like, you know, I need that person. <laughs> and then my other friends that showed up, um, you know, my, my friend Lena giving me super encouraging words that day, being kind of like my hype girl. And then other folks, um, DJ Susie. Um, I feel like uh, there was like 10 former uh District 3 podcast guests. Yeah, <laughs> Robin <there>. was there. <laughs> Amber was there too. Yeah, I saw Amber there. Yeah, yeah. So, so many people that, and actually I met Amber that night. I hadn't met her before and realized that we have a lot of um, kind of similarities and connections. And um, I was surprised that we hadn't, you know, met before. Do you know the backstory with me and her? Um, no, no, I don't. She actually was the one that got me involved in activism. Really? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to have to talk to her. 16, I was 17. Okay. And uh, she invited me to a meeting at her at her house, okay. a Natural Dreamers meeting. And wow. I went there. That's where I met Fernando. That's where I met Juan Manuel, Rocio, Aguayo, all these different people. Yeah. So if she hadn't invited me to that meeting, who knows what I would be doing yeah. <laughs> today. So, yeah, I always – I gave her I gave her, her flowers the last time she was here on the podcast, oh, and I was like, thank yeah. you. And I just want to make people aware that, like, if it wasn't because of her, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today, which is crazy. Yes, yes. Yeah. And I um, always – yeah, always, always giving flowers to – Mm-hmm. women of color and all the additional labor and work, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, that, that we do. Um, yeah, I think, now I'm just like thinking about so many things. I think that also speaks to, I feel like the, the ways that in which our communities are, are connected and the ways in which we can uh, build these kind of structures and support systems that uh, we may or may not realize exist. So, so I, I, I was really happy to see that you that you won that competition mm-hmm. and uh, that Thank that you're you. putting your name out there even more in like the the uh, the business of, of what it is. Um, what are there any other goals that you haven't mentioned so far that you that you have in mind for uh, Maslivitos of things that you want to accomplish that maybe maybe you you started working on them or maybe you haven't started working on them yet but that you see for the future. Yeah. So I. Um Definitely. Um, it feels scary to kind of say some of these things because yeah, yeah. I, I feel like that's another like putting it already out there. Put, the, put it out there so that it comes through. <laughs> I know. So manifest. Law of attraction. I do, yeah, I do believe in manifestation, but also um, like if I had the evil eye icon, I would have it up oh. <laughs> to protect myself of energies. Um, but I... My mom I, brought me one of those little pulseras from Mexico. Oh, I, I wear one. Oh, you do? I was yeah, I, I wear one. I can one. give you mine. I, no, I wear one. Okay, you're yeah, good. Yeah, you're yeah, good. Yeah. Uh-huh. Just get an egg Protect and myself. Yes. have someone rub it on I you or something. I do my annual limpias with my friend, one of my best friend's moms. You're um, good then. Yeah. Um, 
Definitely one of my goals would be to long term is to um, transition into a storefront. So having a Mm -hmm. physical building um, where I can have all of my books, um, where I can. Yes, yes. No. So (laughs) that's another thing I also want to mention, you know, um, my my prime and center audience that who you know who I'm wanting to center in terms of the region is definitely Springdale. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, my storefront building in Springdale, but also thinking about um, what does building community look like there, and so thinking about all the different programming that I want to be able to do there, whether it's you know additional story times, whether it's writing workshops, whether it's um, you know I had this idea by. Um, I always love to give people the flowers, too, so I'm going to mm-hmm. name drop. Mm-hmm. But Sophia, um, you know, she mentioned to me a zine-making workshop, which I've seen a couple of those happen here in the area. Um, but just a space for us, for our communities to be able to exist mm-hmm. and to feel like they're um, – I feel like belonging is a word that has been thrown a lot out there in terms of this region, and, like, I think um, that can look – differently but I think I definitely want to create a sense of belonging and also a sense of safety for our our communities Mm -hmm. and um we exist you know and we as I said we deserve for our stories to be told um short term I um want to be able to um I'm hoping hopefully soon to kind of do a like a soft Mm pop-up sneak peek into what I would like for the pop-up bookstore to be Mm -hmm. hosting a couple of those um in Springdale as well as in the region and then getting to the point where I can have a standing collection at Bites and Bowls and so Mm -hmm. what that means is that you know I wouldn't be physically there um but they would be there so that way you can browse while you're getting your breakfast or brunch at, at Bites and Bowls so Oh, that sounds good. Mm-hmm. Sounds great. I think people would love that. Um, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of like uh, potential in, in doing stuff with the downtown Springdale programming in the future um, with Masibitos. I think it would benefit so many people. And talking about belonging and stuff, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I feel like it's taken a while for our community, which I I imagine how it is for other communities. Yeah, right. Because mm-hmm. for I feel like it's, in Springdale we've kind of uh, made it our own, but there's communities like the Marshallese community yeah. and the black community that are still yes. struggling to feel that sense of belonging. So hoping we can, you know, intersect and hopefully uh, yeah. help all communities. Yes, and um, I can't say too much, but I um, am in conversation with um, doing a, like a collaborative uh, pop-up mm. with other um, BIPOC businesses in the area. Hey. So it'll be each, you know, I'll have my books there. Someone else will have their ex there. Someone mm. else will have their ex, you know, there. Um, mm. So that is something that I'm uh, that I'm working on, which I, I want to also, again, just emphasize like um, the community support. I want to be explicit in recognizing that the community support that I have received has been from our community um, you know, the Latinx, um, Spanish-speaking community, but as well as the Black and African-American community, mm-hmm. um, even people within the Marshallese community that have seen me out there and know me through kind of different work that I've done and yeah. um, and know me personally to know that, like, that I'm going to uh, follow through with a project and also, like, I'm very intentional, too, about the work that I'm, that I'm, that I'm doing. Yeah, I think you're one of those people that um, you really, like, think... Uh, like beyond what a normal person thinks in regards to like not doing anything that's hurtful, not doing yeah. anything that's immoral. Like I feel like you probably <laughs> think about this even at late at night. Probably don't sleep till three a.m. again. Just thinking about like, man, did I, like what can I do? But as long as I should do this, but as long as it doesn't hurt this community and it benefits yeah. this community and it elevates this community, yeah. I think you're one of those people that that really follows that. And 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 I don't think you would do anything that would be. Uh, that would not have like the best intentions in mind. Yeah. You know, with this with this project, with just everything that you're doing with with books. Yeah. So I mean I definitely operate from um a place or a position of harm reduction. So the reality is that I'm I'm gonna fuck up and I'm really nervous about fucking up. Um, whether it be, you know, um, how something is presented, whether it's like a community um, program or a book that comes in that um, maybe has really like shitty reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you balance that, though? How do you balance yeah. like trying to to not hurt anybody? Yeah. But then also taking care of your mental health, because I feel like a lot of folks, you know, that have that mentality of 
you know, always checking every, yeah. I'm not trying not to hurt anybody. A lot of the times, like, it affects your own mental health because you're thinking, yeah. did I do this? Did I hurt this person? Like, how do you balance that? Because I struggle with that. Well, myself. therapy. <laughs> Shout out to my therapist um, who I think has helped me navigate through a lot of, like, those own kind of anxieties. Um, and I think, I for me, it has been coming just to a place of acceptance of, like, okay, like, I'm going to fuck up. Mm-hmm. And I think all of us and like it's it's kind of I don't want to say this in a pessimistic way, but like all of us have the potential to do harm in, in the world. Mm-hmm. And I think it's more so of like reframing that of like, how can we reduce that harm? So how are we you know, I feel like I'm, I am constantly going through like a series of questions in my head of um, ways to kind of evaluate, um, you know, how I navigate the world and also the people that I'm engaging with. Like, I feel like the community that I have, although I know a lot of different people, I, I keep my, you know, community yeah. of, of close friends pretty, pretty small. Um, but I think, I, I think the other thing with that though, is just being honest. So the on, mm-hmm. being honest of like, okay, you're going to fuck up. So what are you going to do with that? You know, how are mm-hmm. you going to um, acknowledge that with your community? And I think for me, uh, another really like important value or principle is also just transparency. Like mm-hmm. I got to be transparent about things, right? And so if I if I fuck up, I got to be transparent yeah. transparent about my fuck up. But also, what are my next steps? You know, what did I learn, and what are the next? How am I going to approach it differently mm-hmm. this this next time go around? Um, and honestly, too, I feel like I've um, I feel very fortunate to also be surrounded by people in my um, close kind of um, my, my community of friends who are very empathetic and have offered me um, space when I fucked up to be like, it's okay and like recover from that. Yeah. And I think, I think a lot about one of my personal relationships, one of my best friends, Rosalie, like she has taught me so much in terms of how to like love myself better, you know, and mm. like I'm gonna get emotional, but like, you know, like, yeah, like how to, I feel like she's modeled for me really well how, how to do that. And I feel mm-hmm. like because of that, I, I can I can model that better, you mm-hmm. know, for other people. And yeah. um, and then also, like, I think a lot of the books that I read talk a lot about, you know, harm, harm reduction and mm-hmm. um, in our in our communities. I think um, there's a lot of harm. You know, there's a lot of trauma, especially that mm-hmm. happens in our in our communities, like as as. Um, daughter of immigrants there's just like a lot of generational trauma that i think mm-hmm. gets passed down and i feel like that's another thing too is like breaking kind of like those cycles um to be able to create and envision like a different yeah. world for ourselves you know and in our communities yeah i think uh touching back on what you said about like mm-hmm. having that uh, group of friends that is supportive and call you in. Yeah. I mean, I have some friends that call me out. I'm not going to say any names. But I do call you in. <laughs> some of my friends call me out on Facebook, but besides, besides yeah. that. We both know who that is. <laughs> I do call you in too, but more on through text. I, I prefer I prefer to be called in because, like, I think we're all trying. Well, I'm not going to say we're all trying because, no, there's some people that are not trying in regards to, like, being a little bit more uh, not only, like, inclusive, understanding, and, and trying their best to be, like, their best self, like, in all aspects. Um, some of us are trying and we don't know everything. And I just want people to understand that, that, you know, I know there are some people that think they know everything, but we mm-hmm. don't know everything. We're mm-hmm. going to mess up. Mm-hmm. But I think it, it, what really defines a person's character is if they're willing to like take a step back and be like, okay, I messed up. Mm-hmm. This is how I can be better in the future. Mm-hmm. Take all the input from the people that told you you messed up and just become a better person in the future. And that's, that's my, like the way that I look at it. Cause there's times where I've messed up and I didn't know I messed up. Yeah. Cause I wasn't like, I wasn't raised by folks that knew how, how to navigate the world and understanding, you know, all, all the com- uh, complexities yeah, of the nuances. it, yeah. of everything, you know, like I, yeah. like my, my parents didn't talk to me, but we never had conversations about our feelings. We uh, never had yeah. conversations about machismo and stuff like yeah. that. I was blessed to be like raised in a household where there wasn't machismo, but I, we didn't talk about it. Yeah. So all these different things that, um, that we learn, I just, I just hope that people have give grace to the folks that might not be in their same, like, mm-hmm. uh, like uh, understanding, yeah. level of understanding. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's important to point out. Yeah, and I know. think I, going back to books and reading, I think um, a lot of that also has been developed as in terms of what I've been reading. And um, I think it's allowed me to 
um, envision a different world and to have hope for a different world and recognize that like I have a role and um, and I feel like this is this is like part of my role is like creating um, this space that exists uh, for us so that way we we can exist you know in a much more you know we're a part of different spaces where I think we know we exist we have that kind of we have that um, community but I feel like that I want a more public facing, mm-hmm. you know, space for our for our communities. Um, and I want to be able to offer a different caliber of books that disrupt that that canon of really just like white people and their stories. And um, no. there's such beauty um, from our stories. And I feel like I've also been sharing a lot in terms of what I've been reading yeah. on my Instagram, which I think um, getting back because I, I took graduate courses in comparative literature. For those um, that haven't seen it on Instagram, what are you reading? Um, so last month... Pulls up Instagram. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Wow. Um, yeah. So I'll just run through kind of my October reads. So okay. in October, I read Jefan Training, the Business Startup Toolkit for Entrepreneur and Creative Women, which was incredible. Mm. Ashley was incredible. I got to hear from her in a virtual town hall of other Latina-owned bookstores. And um, if any of my Latinas out there need a, or even other women of color that need, just kind of like a workbook to to process, you know, and have a little bit more of a direction of, of your business. Because when I started, I was like, I Googled so much. And then I went to Sandra, mm-hmm. I went to Blanca, um, you know, they were like getting texts really late because I was like working, you know. Isn't it a blessing to have people like them in the yes, community? Yes. And that's another thing is like just, um, you know, Latinas supporting other Latinas in this space um, has been incredible. But um, what I love about that book is that she gives kind of um, she gives real examples of how some of these practices, business practices that she talks about in the book come into play which is really cool. Um, the other book that I read in October was Crying in the Bathroom by Erika Sanchez. And I say it like that because it was my friend Valerie that I went to go see in New York. She recommended this book to me because I was like in a reading slump and I was like, I need something to read. And and I read this and I like texted her. I, I don't know what time I finished this book, but I finished it late. And I was like, Valerie, you did not prepare me for this book. Like so much, so much that, so much happening there. It's about um, Erica. Uh, growing up in um, Chicago, um, and same author as I am not your perfect. Yes, what is it? I'm not your perfect Mexican daughter. I haven't read that. I need to read. I've been it. trying to get her on the podcast. Really? I, I was so close once. What? Yeah, yeah but I think is she, is, she not, is she not? Is she not? I think she's having a child right now, right? Oh, uh, she already had her oh, baby. She already have it. Yeah, and she actually again. she has a really incredible podcast that is called. Uh, no me chingues. I saw. <laughs> yeah, I saw. it's really really good. I follow her on Twitter. Yeah. Um. So what that book is about is um just it's a memoir. So it talks about her life and the different yeah just different stages of her life. But what was incredible about that was like it's real like yeah. mental health and talking about um depression. Um, I feel like I, you know, I wasn't ever officially diagnosed with depression, but, you know, when I was younger, I feel like I definitely had depressive episodes, and I don't think my family really understood, like, mm. how to navigate that, and yeah. I most recently have had some conversations of, like, do you remember that time when this happened when I was younger? I think that was a depressive episode, you know? Yeah. Um, but also, I mean, it's heavy, but also just really fucking funny. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to say it, because this is also, we should just talk about these things, but also, like, there's this, there's a whole chapter of, like, um, her talking about her vagina and like different problems with her <laughs> vagina, and I mentioned that because like um, I think within our cultures, also like talking about all these different things are such taboo things. But here she is, like a Mexican daughter coming out and saying these things very mm-hmm. publicly, like it's huge. The other thing that she was really struggling with in that chapter was that, you know, doctors, like medical professionals, were not listening to her, you know, about the different things that were happening to her body, which is such another commonality when it comes to women of color, you know, thinking about black women and the, um, you know, the high rates of them dying when they're giving birth, you know, or the pains that they're going through. Um, And then this past month in November, I read um, Making a Scene by Constant Wu. Another fucking phenomenal book about, um, you know, a memoir about her life, different life stages. And what I loved about this book, and I talk a little bit about this in, in the actual kind of um She's an actress, right? Yes. Mm. So she is the actress. You might know her from um, Crazy Rich Asians yeah. and Fresh Off the Boat. 
And so um, she actually was sexually harassed by one of the senior producers of Fresh Off the Boat. Oh. And um, a she when she found out that it was going to be um, like it was going to um, what is it called? Like when it was going to come back on again. When it was going to, I don't like know, the second renewed. Season? Yeah, when the, it was going to be yeah. renewed. Um, she tweeted out this like tweet that uh, people misunderstood. Oh, I remember. I remember. And I saw they, that tweet. Yeah, and they called her. They they were just, there was just so much happening. Didn't she like get blackballed from Yes, she did. Hollywood and and I, I feel yeah. like she went into hiding for some time. And um, I don't want to give too much away, but you'll hear a little bit more about like, again, her mental health and like. How does she, how she had to care for herself afterwards, and like again that that conversation of like thinking about the Me Too movement and thinking mm-hmm. about why women don't come forward, especially like the further scrutiny that like women of color, BIPOC women have, yeah. um, and the reasons why they don't come forward, but also just thinking about you know all these like funny sweet stories of her as like a child and like um, you know playing in a uh, performing in a community theater, mm-hmm. um, and what I what I what I really loved about this is um, that in some of her stories, she sets it up as if it was like you were reading a play, like mm-hmm. a screenplay, and so I think that that writing um, is is really beautiful, mm-hmm. and um, the pictures that she has on there are super nostalgic, and it's also really funny. Like mm-hmm. I feel like I obviously don't know Constant Wu personally, but I've seen the roles that she's had, and I feel like that. Um, that humor, very witty. yeah, that humor mm-hmm. is definitely kind of translated in in this book, and then the other book that I read um, in November was How Not to Drown in a Glass of Water by Angie Cruz. Um, these ta- these titles too, right? I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm but like, these kind of fit your person your personality. <laughs> I though. know. I'm like, okay, like I'm not really surprised by any of these titles. I'm like, makes sense. That's a Diana book <laughs> yeah. that she would read. Yeah, I know. And and shout out to Spring uh, to Spring to Public Library because I checked these out with them. And I just got my library card back like two weeks ago. Yeah, support your public libraries. For the first time. Um, I know um the library director pretty well, and so I actually when I when I called her um to give her the titles of um, the books that I wanted on hold. I was like, and she recognized my voice. She was like, Diana? And I'm like, oh, hi, Anne. And I'm like, okay, so can you put on hold How Not to Drown in a... You know, um, but I, <laughs> you know, I, lo- I love my heavy reads. I love de- delving deep into deep stuff. Um, always down to have deep conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, get in and, the, and talking about the raw, gritty. Um, but this one was about a, um, a woman. It's, it's a, this is the, a fiction book. And it is about an immigrant from the Dominican Republic. Mm-hmm. Um, she has to go to, she goes and talks to this job counselor. And over the course of like 12 sessions, she ends up telling her about everything about her life. You know, the relationship with her estranged son. And that that really hurt me. I'm not going to give it away of what happens, but um, like just the tumultuous kind of relationship that they have. Um that was really hard, like hearing mm. about why he left um, her home. Um, but the setting is pretty much like her apartment and like the different, uh, her apartment complex in a gentrified area in Washington Heights. Um, and so talking about, you know, the different relationships that she has with the people there in, in her apartment, whether that be with her sister, her neighbor, mm. or um, the steamy love affairs that, that she has with, with people there. Um, so many, so many topics. Um, you know, uh, I would say probably generational trauma, um, domestic violence, abuse. Mm. Um, yeah, that's a he- lot. Heavy stuff. Heavy stuff. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard for me to read those kind of yeah. books. Uh, I have to be in a really good mental state. Yeah, and I I mention these books because I this is what I enjoy reading. And when I, I said those books, I meant the last one. The other ones, I think I could do. Yeah, that one sounds a little bit. Yeah, tough, and I that's another thing with the bookstore too, like. Although I'm going to be carrying, you know, um, more, I would say, books that have more of, like, nuanced perspectives and experiences and stories, I'm also going to be carrying, like, books about joy and pleasure, you know, and... Um, I was about to segue and tell you uh, if you could talk about that book of uh, Tortas. Oh, my God. I love that <laughs> yeah, book. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, if you don't follow me on Instagram, this is another <laughs> plug to follow me. Um, I had the opportunity to go, um, and I was a, a guest reader for a kindergarten classroom in Owl Creek Elementary in Fayetteville because I'd previously worked in this area. I had a connection to um, a librarian there that told me about um doing a story time read, which I'm going to probably ask you mm. next time and anybody else out there Hang that's up. interested to do a story time read. 
Um, and so I shout out again to Springer Public Library mm-hmm. who supplied me with this book. Um, but this book is called Super Torta, and mm-hmm. it's by the author, illustrator, Eric Ramos, who is part of a publishing company called Little Libros, which I know you tagged me in um, oh, yeah. yeah, a couple weeks ago. I found them um, a couple years ago. It's okay. another Latina-owned uh, business out of California that helps to support Latinx authors and illustrators and having mm. a plat- gives them a platform to be able to sell um, their books. Um, the owner and founder of that is Patricia Rodriguez. Not Springdale. Not, not, not the one you know, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for those listening, but someone. Um, so the book that I took was um, called Super Torta, and it, the idea or the story behind it is that it's a story about this little boy named Bombo that um, loves tortas, don't give me spoilers, though. I want to know what happens at the end. Are we after give? I read it. I'm a, no, don't give spoilers. Oh. Like, I want to well, I I, read it. Okay. Okay, <laughs> I won't give any spoilers. Um, and one day he decides to, on he's on a school field trip, and he takes... Let me pause there for a second. I'm going to yeah. pause there because I remember when I took avoca- like avocate, avocado, the yeah. first time to school, and everybody stared at me, and everybody was like, what is that? Now it's cool. This, yes, this is before, like, <laughs> avocado toast was out, or, like, I would take my burritos, the beans, the frijoles, you know, to for breakfast. You know, Sounds and, good right now. Yeah, and all this is stuff that, was, like, stuff that people sell, though, you yeah. know, but I felt like I was, I'm going to be honest, I, I was, like, a little bit ashamed because I was like, I want, you know, I want a Hot Pocket, you yeah, know. Yeah. I want all these other things that white people are eating. Lunchables. And, uh, <laughs> a Lunchable, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, but now, like, now I get to see kind of like our. I mean, I didn't take a torta to school, no, but I did once. You did, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just once. Okay. Um, why did you only take it once? Because it was uh, one of those uh, trips, like the trips where we would go out to somewhere in a bus, uh-huh. and everybody would take sandwiches and stuff. Uh-huh. And I got a torta from my mom. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. But w- did you ever take any anything else, like from huevo con chile? Oh, my okay. dad would make because my dad. That's the thing that my dad would c- would cook back in the day. Yeah. Is huevo con chile. And it was spicy as heck. Oh, that sounds so, so good. Like, it, it good now, but yeah. Back then, I was a kid, and it was it wasn't <laughs> the greatest for me, but yeah. Well, and, and, and to give a little bit more context about myself, like I grew up in a very, I grew up in South Missouri, Southwest Missouri, Web City, um, like 10 minutes away from Joplin, very white, very, very, Good very old Missouri. white. So taking, yeah, Missouri, taking aguacate to school was like, I got made fun of it, you know, mm. so I can't imagine taking a torta, which is still like our version of like a sandwich, right? Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, going back to the story. Um, he takes these, um, <laughs> he takes three tortas because he loves tortas to a field trip. Um, and the illustrations are so funny because it has like pictures. Is a story like, about me or what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. Is he, is he, dark skin? Is he a dark skinned kid as I didn't well? Make that conne- no. Oh, he's not. Okay. I didn't make that connection until now. So that's <laughs> um, So he takes this, these tortas to school. And, and the field trip is like this nuclear power plant. Uh, it's weird. I'm like, who goes to a school field trip for a nuclear? I think it's just like funny. You know, it's yeah. like a, it's a laughable book also for adults. Anyways, so he um, drops one of his tortas into a radioactive bin uh, and something happens and you have to read the rest of the story of to see to see what happens. But it's like cool. this humorous story um, that I think uh, like I think about, you know, I just because I want to get a children's book that, that's like, let's talk about our feelings. Let's yeah. talk about our cultures and identities. Like, that's great. But also, like, there's ways to do that beyond just, like, the deep and being, like, and more, like, I'm going to take a torta, you know, and, and see that kind of representation um, mm-hmm. there as well. So um, I will have to check out that book because I saw you post it on Instagram <laughs> yeah. and I was like, this looks like something that I'm interested yeah, in. Yeah, you, you should check out all of their Little Libros books. Of, yeah. of the uh, of that organization the, uh, business, yeah. So it's a publishing company out of California. Mm-hmm. They have um, board books, which are uh, for toddler age, and then they have picture books as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. And bef- before we end this podcast episode, at the end, uh, one of the things that, that we wanted to talk about was the fear of failure. Oh, oh yeah. Can you talk? <laughs> can you talk a little <laughs> bit about that as to uh, why that's important for you, or why you think? Just where your mind's where your mind is in regards to that, because um, I know that it, it is it is uh, scary to start mm-hmm. a venture like this, not yeah. knowing if people are going to support it, yeah. not knowing if if uh, 
if you're just gonna fail and be like some sort of disappointment, which yeah. I don't think you are. But <laughs> and I think probably now, no now after all of this, you probably yeah. are feel a little bit more comfortable. But when you were when you posted that on Instagram about yeah. the Maduritos, I know you didn't sleep till three a.m. What was yeah. it, what was running through your mind at that time? Um. Well, it's funny because I think for the audience um, that can't see us, I. Before we started this podcast, I was like, speaking of deep, I was like, I want you to ask me a question about the fear of failure. And now that we're here, I'm like, oh, why did I ask you to ask me this <laughs> um, Yeah, I feel you. But I feel like part of that fear, fear of failure is the fucking up, right, that I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, is that I do something that causes harm to our our communities. Um, and I think I've, I've touched a little bit about that. But I think my fear of failure um, comes from just – this pressure that I put on myself, I think, um, as the as the daughter of immigrants, I mm-hmm. feel like, um, you know, our in my case, I won't speak for everybody, because um, our stories are different, right? Mm-hmm. But in my case, like my parents came from Mexico, yeah. um, from un ranchito in Zacatecas, um, and you know, did not have didn't didn't have anything, and I say that mm-hmm. in the, in a sense of like financial means. Um, and also had limited educational, um, you know, I think they went up to maybe fourth or fifth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think a lot of us um, that are the children of, of immigrants, we feel like this already, this pressure to achieve this like American dream that our parents like set out for us. And um, education has always been like a top priority, I would say, mm-hmm. within our family. Um, you know, I'm proud to say that, you know, my my sisters, I have two older sisters, both have their master's degrees. Um, and um, I feel like I, I don't know, I feel like I put a lot of pressure on myself even as when I was younger to do all these things, to accomplish all these things. And, um, but I still wasn't fully pursuing what I wanted to pursue. And mm. I think this, I think that's why I'm so scared is because mm. like, Yes, I have some of that pressure coming, you know, from from before, but also because I'm so passionate about yeah. it, and I and I want to, I want it to succeed mm-hmm. uh, beyond like the oh I want to make money kind of thing. Like I have to make money, obviously, because it's like capitalism, mm-hmm. right? Um, we're operating in capitalist um, society, but I want it to um, su- succeed for our community. Like mm-hmm. I, I want that's what I want. Um, but I th- and I think it's also very natural. It's natural for me to have kind of like this fear that exists um, and being honest with that. Thank God again for therapy that allows me to be like, think about like, okay, like it's okay to have these feelings. It's normal. And like, kind of, how do I, how do I block out that negative, negative um, self-talk and how do I ground myself instead in, in my community, you know, mm. and like basically my, my, my roots and, and actually too, like um, I, um, I think you know, but for f- my people who are, um, you know, not on my personal IG, which is not a shout out to follow me on my personal IG because I probably won't add you because <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm pretty private on that space and platform. But I um, recently went to go see my family in a little bit outside of Chicago uh, for the holidays. There was a quinceañera that happened up there. And I was um, talking to my family, actually, uh, about... Um, I have a huge family on my mom's side. I'm like seven to eight brothers, sisters, you know. Um, and I was talking to them. A lot of them are business owners themselves and entrepreneurs. And I was talking yeah. to my abuelita about, um, you know, this, the pop-up. And I was like, how do I explain to her, like, in Espanol, como le explico pop-up, you know? And so, like, I'm going to say, like, how I said it to her. And I was like, so, básicamente lo que voy a hacer es voy a estar vendiendo libros. Um, y voy a tener como una mesa donde vendo mis libros. And I was like, I know, suena un poco raro, right? And in English, it was like, you know, basically I'm going to have these books and I'm going to be selling them on, like, a table. And I'll be at, like, different. Um, Entonces, como un tianguis. Yeah, 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 right. And I'm like, but I didn't grow up. I didn't grow up going to those things, and so yeah. I don't, I don't have that yeah. um, kind of, you know, until until later, until I sought those sought those out. Yeah. Um, which I think, you know, now it's just like markets. There's a bunch of markets mm-hmm. that exist here in the region, and my abuelita was like, oh yeah, like I know what that is. Like we used mm. to do that. Like we used to because my my family had a farm. Um, they used to sell cheese. 
mm-hmm. you know. And so they would go into um, into town and they would sell there. And so it was. It's funny because I feel like I come from already like a lineage or history of of entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and business owners and. Mm-hmm. Um, and although, like, this is where also I feel like there's a difference in generation, though. I feel like, obviously, I need to survive, right? Yeah. But I think I've had, in terms of my positionality and where I'm at, I've definitely had have had a greater access in comparison to, I feel like, my my grandparents, my abuelita, um, and my aunts and uncles. That I feel like, you know, I feel like I saw you post this, that, like, our parents were tasked with... Um, survival with the task of survival and then our generation is tasked with the um with self-actualization and i feel like that's where i see that difference right that i feel like i'm like i know i saw your face i'm like i'm like out here pursuing my dreams and uh pursuing what i want to do because i'm passionate about it um and it's it's a shift there of that narrative but yet you know there's space for those for those things and and i don't Mm -hmm. know like that that interconnectivity that exists there oh that's deep yeah, just thinking about all that because uh, that is a privilege to have. Yeah. To be able, because Myra and I talk about this all the time. We're like, man, like if our parents had the same opportunities that we had, what would they have become? Yeah. If they really f- got to follow the whatever yeah. they loved, mm-hmm. how different would their lives have been? My mom worked her entire li- life, and she's still my mom still is. You know, my, my parents, mom. Yeah, she's not working right now because she's in like taking a vacation in Mexico. She's been Good there for, for a few her. months. She's been gone for like three months. I miss Good her, but for her. she was like she doesn't have a child, right? She already sent me a bread with someone uh, and some, and some, other stuff, <laughs> some Mexican candy. But like, yeah, like what, like. What what were their dreams? You know, like if they would have accomplished the dreams, how 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 would their life be now? You know, yeah. Um, and it's kind of a heartbreaking thing to think about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At the same time, it's like it is. Ooh. It's hard. You know, but um, I do think that what you're doing right now is 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 important, and hopefully, you're able to kind of you know educate your family a little bit more about yeah. like why it's important mm-hmm. uh, because. Um, it would be difficult for them to completely have a grasp on it just because of how things were for them when yeah. they came here. So hopefully you're able to do that. And I think I think your work is going to benefit our community so much. And just for folks to see that there are people doing that, you know, mm-hmm. like going the extra mile to try to bring in all this literature that mm-hmm. uh, has, a, has a purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's going to go a long way. So I'm excited to see what, you know, what happens in the next few months. Uh, and hopefully, you know, we're able to, be present at that pop-up and and it continues to grow and when i write a book hopefully you have one <laughs> book or in yeah. your collection you know i think that's I need, to, I need to get to work on that i already have ideas i just need to write them down yeah it's a lot to write a book i'm gonna write one of those small ones first though but i feel it's still it's still are you gonna do like though. a memoir or what are you planning to no not idea? memoir I'll, I'll maybe i'll do that in 20 years right now it's i want to do a children's book oh and then i want to do uh, first i want to do a small one and then yeah. i want to do a 300 400 page one but right yeah. now the first goal is to do a small one, to do something, you know, like that Tortas book, but yeah. to have some other type. I already have some ideas. I just got to write them. I just got to write them down. So I'll do that. But thank you for making the time to be yeah, here. Yeah, thank you for having me here today. I feel like a lot of people are going to take a lot of a lot of out of this conversation. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, not only read your books that you're uh, putting on Instagram that you're <laughs> currently reading, but at the same time support you. And then also folks, you know, in, in these school districts, to reach out to you where can they reach out to you if they want you to come read or do something yeah actually that's another whole another platform too um they can email me at maslibritos at gmail.com um i definitely want to get into the springdale elementary schools and do some Mm -hmm. reading um there with them but then also if there's any sort of events that are happening in the community where books will be supplied and where i can be a vendor and sell where i could just like order that those books and then i would just sell them there to the public um, and then also if, if there's people within the community that want to any uh, BIPOC or other, you know, historically marginalized community members that want to partner on a future community program, like hit me up, let me know. Um, that way we can have a conversation of, you know, what that looks like. It might be something further down the line as I'm trying to kind of get the pop ups going. No. Um, but I can people donate books or are you looking for a specific type of book? I am looking for a specific type of book. Um, I have already um, some people that have reached out. You don't want anybody to, to donate Huckleberry Finn. Yeah, right? I'm, not so gonna, like, I'm not going to take that. I am, I would say that um, 
if you're looking at the books that I have online, which I, that's another thing I meant to also mention is that I have an online platform where through mm-hmm. Bookshop where people can purchase books. Um, and so while I'm getting the pop-ups ready and going, um, they can order a book that will directly support my bookstore. And also mm-hmm. Bookshop um, is um, the opposite of Amazon. They completely support independent bookstores, and so it's a much more ethical platform. Okay. Um, but I would say, what was your question again? I forgot. Oh, the books, used books. Yeah. Um, you said you, you've already explained it. I'm you like, said, I'm yeah. like, if you can, if you yeah. see the types of books that I'm that I have on there, and that they, I need to come up with some sort of rubric, I think, for them. Yeah. But if you feel like it fits, and I would say, go ahead and like reach out to me. Yeah. And they can reach out to you. You're on Instagram. You're I also am. on Facebook as well. Not I Twitter am. yet, right? You're not on Twitter yet. For for Masibitos, you're not. No, no. Then I'm gonna get on Twitter. I guess Instagram <laughs> and Facebook might be the best. The well, best. Uh, Elon Musk take over. Uh, so. too. <laughs> so people can reach out to you on Instagram, yeah. on Facebook under Masibitos. The profile picture is like a yellow, yellowish. Yeah. Label. Uh-huh. Uh, graphic i mean uh-huh. and uh yeah and just excited to see what you're able to do and thank you for making the time to be here yeah thank you and thank you everybody for listening that was episode 161 of the district 3 podcast my name is Irvin signing off <laughs>